DuckTales, bless me bagpipes. When will that thrill seeker Scrooge McDuck ever quit? Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. I think DuckTales is a TV series slash this Konami video game. You know, like these things are very close to some people because they grew up with the show and stuff like that. Uh, guys, what's the familiarity with the TV show DuckTales for, you know, for the two of you? I've only ever heard of it. I've heard of it a lot, but I've never seen any any bit of it when i when i think of ducktales i think more about the indie band than i do about the show <laughs> i don't really know much about the show yeah i feel like i just missed this so i was actually surprised to learn that there were so many other ducks besides donald <laughs> um i mean i know scrooge mcduck from the like christmas carol thing but i didn't think he was like an actual recurring character <laughs> that would get a, a you know become a playable video game character <laughs> let alone have a whole game centered around him collecting money. But now, uh, I'm, you know, I, I kind of did know that because I also have like a large collection of Scrooge McDuck Dell comics from the 1960s. I just happened to like acquire them at a, uh, like a garage sale one time. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll just own these. But I never really thought about it uh, twice until now that we're playing DuckTales. Wow. But you knew Huey, Dewey, and Louie, right? That I did, but also that was from Kingdom Hearts. So again, like none of these things happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this game, it's more just like Huey, Louie, and Louie. Right. Right. Because Dewey just <laughs> gets ripped off, and he's just not on the main screen. Oh, I. You know what? I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, another thing that I knew about this game going into it that I briefly mentioned at the end of last week's episode was the uh, song for the moon. Uh, that level that you go to that is a very famous song that has been covered a lot of different times and everybody always talks about it being like one of the best chiptune tracks ever and rather than talk about you know the music right off the bat i just wanted to uh address a listener question that we got in via email you can always email us by going to nostalgiacast.com and hitting the little form submission and it'll send us an email that way anyway we were asked what are some of our favorite video game soundtracks Retro or not, uh, so don't feel like you have to say NES games. Uh, do you guys listen to video game music at all outside of playing video games? Um, okay, so that's that's like two questions. All right. Yes, um, but you should just answer the first one first. All right. The first one, I'm, I'm going to cheat and kind of say two, but uh, one is um, in terms of original music made for the game by a person that only made music for the game. Um, it'd have to be Final Fantasy VII. All those songs are bangers. Um, and I still will sometimes listen to them on their own, but uh, mostly uh, they are like hip-hop remixes. <laughs> um, and then like the one that I will listen to on their own like all the time would be... Uh, the uh, Hotline Miami series, just like that entire soundtrack. It's all, it's from original artists, but um, it's all music. And it just sort of introduced me to uh, the whole genre of synthwave. So uh, that's a very important soundtrack to me. 
Yeah, I, I listen to actually quite a bit of video game music, both games that I've played and games that I haven't. So it's hard for me to pick one specific. I mean, I love, I, I also love anything that's like Nobuo Uematsu, particularly like Final Fantasy VIII soundtrack and stuff. And I mean, I listen to, there's a lot of like, a lot of games like, like Ori in the Blind Forest, which I've never played, but I love the music. And tons of games where I just like listen to the soundtrack. But if I have to pick one, I, you know, it's maybe a little cheating because I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite, but I think it's like the one that I like that is the most underrated or like le- le- the least appreciated is the original Ratchet and Clank soundtrack by David Burgod, I believe. I don't know how you pronounce that, but uh, but it is just so like imaginative in the way that it's it's like it's like orchestral. And it sounds like epic in that way, but it's also sort of like techno, like funky sounding. And it's just this like weird marriage of these two things that like that fits the the tone of like exploring these other alien planets, but also being like adventurous so well that like I really have a have an appreciation for those as well. Since we're all mentioning uh, Nobuo and Final Fantasy music, I thought it was also important to note that Nobuo's like music works outside of video games is also very impressive and worth checking out if you've only ever thought like you know final fantasy 7 or final fantasy 4 or final fantasy 6 like if you thought that music was great you should really see what he's done outside and he's also done some cool projects where he's taken that video game music and you know made it into like a rock band he has a the black mages is a group of his that uh does like rock versions of those songs i think that's all really cool stuff but in terms of Favorite video game soundtrack. I'm going to go with a weird one here because uh, I'm sure everybody knows the ones that most commonly pop up on like YouTube channels of just like, you know, 20 hours of Nintendo 64 music and stuff like that. For one that really like hits me in the right way is the Marvel vs. Capcom 2 soundtrack. And that is because when you think about that video game and you think about the instructions of like, you know, okay, Capcom's working on another Street Fighter-esque video game where you've, you know, you got Spider-Man punching the shit out of Ryu or uh, Akuma taking down Captain America. You go to the composer and you're like, all right, we need the soundtrack for that. And he comes back with just, you know, the hardest smooth jazz (laughs) I've ever heard in my life. Uh, These tracks are just, uh, you know, they don't belong in a fighting game at all. And I listen to them regularly outside of playing Marvel vs. Capcom 2 just because of the kind of feels that they provide. And then I have to remind myself, like, oh, yeah, but right now, like, Wolverine's taking down Chun-Li. You know, it just doesn't match at all, and I don't know how that soundtrack became the result. And I'm not just talking about the title track, too, uh, I Want to Take You for a Ride, which I know is, like, a meme at this point in the fighting game community, but just the overall soundtrack, too. If anybody just wants to, like chill out for like a solid hour every track on that is just very relaxing very uh you know a a wide eclectic uh, amount of instruments involved and uh, i really enjoy it so i I probably have played that album you know front to back like 40 plus times nice and i I just wanted one one last honorable mention uh shout out to akira malka and the uh industrial chill wave uh indie rock stylings of the Silent Hill soundtracks.
course, we're not just here to talk about music, and we will get to the DuckTales music, but I think it's just important that we talk about DuckTales the game first. Uh, you know, the, in DuckTales, you play as Scrooge McDuck, which is a weird choice in itself, but you're Scrooge McDuck because he is traveling around the world and outer space <laughs> in search of five treasures to further increase his fortune. Uh, he has a, uh, I didn't know this, but he has a rival, Flintheart Glumgold, who uh, is also trying to become the world's richest duck. So throughout the game, you are acquiring all sorts of large sums of money and treasures and all these things add to your, uh, you know, your net worth and your net worth is tracked throughout the game. And ultimately, the goal is collect the five treasures, take down um, Glomgold and, uh, you know, become the richest duck in the world. Sounds like a fun game, right? Who doesn't want to be the richest duck? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, it is refreshing to just be like there's there's absolutely no honor to this. It's just he wants money. So I can appreciate that. And Capcom's bringing in most of Me the Mega Man team to do uh, this game. So, uh, you know, I didn't get too many Mega Man vibes from this game, but it is important to note that like a lot of the people who are very instrumental in creating Mega Man 1 and 2, uh, like Inafune, are now making this DuckTales game. So clearly this isn't just some licensed cash grab. They actually are assigning a uh, a worthy team, a team that could have been working on Mega Man 3, but is instead now working on this DuckTales game. And I think the first obvious place to spot that is the fact that you don't have to play the levels in a specific order. They took the Mega Man approach of a level select where all the levels are in front of you. You can directly go to the moon or Transylvania, but you it doesn't really matter what order you go in like Mega Man. There's no power up to acquire at the end of these stages. It just makes it so this way every time you boot up the game, you can decide which level you want to uh, to tackle. I thought that was a neat approach. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm for that. Generally, as long as it doesn't ever get like super unbalanced, um, I'd say the only other thing that reminded me of Mega Man or it gave me some vibe of Mega Man was just the like aesthetic. It just got this very clean and like it, it looks good. <laughs> the game, the game looks uh, like the art looks good compared to a lot of other NES games, particularly platformers like this uh, around this time. The the Mega Man vibe uh, was most prominent to me. Uh, when you're sort of going between uh, screens, when it's not like the smooth scrolling and, and you're sort of going into the, the the boss part or if you're kind of going in from a, like a vertical fall through a whole thing, it does that sort of stutter um, slowdown um, that is like always reminded me of going into the boss sections for Mega Man. But other than that, I would not have thought this. Uh, but... Um, yeah, and then it's got that whole, uh, you know, choose your own adventure, like, or go go to whatever level you want. And I think that the difference here is that, like, with with Mega Man, um, there were there's like an optimal route, whereas with this, like, there's definitely some parts where like it's going to make you go back and get something in another level, but it's not it's not something that you have to play over and over to find like, oh, this boss would be a lot easier if I had this. Um, so it's just a lot more freeform. Yeah, and I think in a game that approaches itself, you know, as a DuckTales, like you're playing as Scrooge McDuck, it's kind of supposed to be kid-friendly. I think that is the right approach to take, like, all the things that worked about Mega Man and just scale down the difficulty a little bit, the intricacies, you know, a little bit. There's a whole thing about each level 
you're just supposed to collect the treasure, right? Like that's the end goal for each level is to beat the the boss by bonking him on the head like four times and then collecting that treasure and that's what brings you back to the main menu screen. But the game also opts to have like there's the path to get to the treasure and then there's the money path, like all these extra places you can go to and things to do that either have fun secrets or, uh, you know, are turn out to be dead ends, which they're pretty good about not doing dead ends in that sense, but just like extra ways to increase your score and stuff like that. So that if you did want to just, you know, stumble upon the boss or get to the boss in the quickest way, there's that path. But then there's also these branching paths of different ways to do that. And I thought that was also a, a neat approach in the, in the level design because you didn't have to just, you know, it was clear what your goal was, right. Of like getting to the end of the stage to, you know, fight the boss or whatever, but you also didn't have to, um, you didn't have to collect a certain amount of treasure or, you know, hit a certain amount of points to unlock a gate. You know, it wasn't gated or off or anything until you did certain things. The only question I have then is why a timer? It, it doesn't really make any sense to have this timer. And I, you know, I'm thinking back to like, you know, a game that I believe we recorded in an alternate universe, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, where, uh, you know, us. versions of versions of us probably had complained about, you know, the timer for the same exact reasons. You know, you've created this level where you can explore and take on different routes and there's, uh, you know, multiple branching paths and stuff. But the timer actually limits you because if you, you know, fool around too much with collecting the money, then it's, you know, uh, you get you lose a life and have to restart from like a, a self-assigned checkpoint. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really help in the whole, like, exploration category here. I I'm a little confused by the timer. They do give you an ample amount of time, so I'm not going to complain about it too much. But in terms of, like, fighting exploration and fun versus straightforwardness, I felt like they, you know, they conflicted themselves there because there is a way to play the game and get to the boss super quick and do it, like, speedrun style. Or just, like, you know, I beat this before. I just want to beat it again. And then there's the more fun path of, like, collecting all the possible money you can. Yeah, I'm generally I'm generally not a fan of timers in like in a game that's not outright trying to be about speed. So like it is a little weird. I mean, I get I get the argument that it's like, oh, well they're trying to like make it feel a little more stressful, give you put a little pressure on you when you're exploring to like have to find to remember to find your way out. I get that. I don't think it's needed here, so so like the timer is weird, but like you said, the timer is a—it's a very long timer, so so it rarely ended up becoming a problem, but it is a little bit of an annoyance. Yeah, I, I never—I I barely even noticed it because you have so much time. Even though I, I was also exploring and, and going to the nooks and crannies, so I didn't really have a problem with it. It is still extraneous because, like again, there's there's no reason for it to exist other than to reward fast play. But then, what are why are you pushing? Why are you prodding them to explore? Then it's 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 counterintuitive design, but I don't see it as frustrating. Yeah, and, and as far as the like the all the like branching paths and like these interesting non-linear levels, I, I think that they did a good job with it. Even with the timer, it, it it encouraged me to explore. And I don't know. All I know about Scrooge McDuck is from this game and from his brief appearance in Kingdom Hearts Two. But from my understanding, like after. I assume that there was a, there you know there was the Christmas Carol right that I'm assuming he was in and and he and he went through that arc and became like a good guy at the end and now he's friendly. I mean, is that does anyone know? Is that, that is right? exactly what okay. happened. Yes, that's, so yes. so my, my my gathering from this and from Kingdom Hearts two is that he is like 
he's like this adventurous Indiana Jones style explorer now, right? Yes, he's not the he's gone through the Scrooge evolution. Okay. So then with that in mind, this does encourage me, at least me personally, to explore in in a game that normally I would feel like I would just try to get to the end. I mean, you know, we always talk about how none of us are really into like into like getting high scores or or collecting points. But like they just put that dollar sign next to the points. And, and said, like, his goal is to collect money and, and made these these levels, like, have these hidden treasures and stuff. Yeah, it makes a lot more like, sense now. Yeah, I was actually pretty, I was pretty incentivized to not just find the major treasures, but to actually explore these levels and, and, and gather money. And I, and I thought that that worked well. And, and maybe the timer kind of would, if I really went into that for a while, maybe the timer would end up being, like, another sort of adversary to me where it's like, well, I want to explore, but I got to think about that. It's like, I don't know, I haven't. I didn't go much further than getting through the main part of the game yet to like see how if I'm oh, if I'm trying to like get as much money out of this level, maybe the timer will be more of a negative or more of a positive. And one thing that I will say that is that like while it, it isn't used to its fullest, there you can spend money on a thing. Uh, like there, there's that locked gate that you have to pay to open the toll, or like, there's a toll. And you have to use your score slash money to open it. I guess there's a way to get around it, but I didn't see it. Um, and if and they don't really explain it, but if you lose all your lives, you can buy a life. So it's at least like the score is useful in a way and has a little bit of context to it. Um, but otherwise, um, it's it's just window dressing. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point, though, Sean, about how they integrate some of that stuff into the levels, you know, because that first that first stage, uh, which is like a it's like a jungle stage, I guess. Um, I forget what they called it. But anyway, that first stage is the one that has the gate with the money saying, like, pay this toll and we'll get you through. And you are right. There is a way to good to go around it. But it's it's kind of like for players who have been around the block a few <laughs> times and know the little like secret uh, you know, rope that you can grab to climb up over it. However, that's just like one idea offered at that specific moment. And then other stages don't have any kind of like collect this to do that. And then some stages have specifically, you will get to the part where the boss is and they'll actually say like, no, you need, um, you know, another duck invented this thing that blows up uh, this force field. So you need to find that um, gadget first and, and then, you know, and then you'll be able to pass on through. So there is like a little bit of a, I don't want to say it's like a careful balance, but it's just like each level is kind of playing around with the ideas of what kind of game this is, you know, whether this is a game where you collect things or a game where you spend points or a game where you just, you know, try to explore to find the path to the boss. It, it does play around with that idea between the five levels. Yeah, it's just not very consistent. And while it's, it, I, I like that they they did add some some gates so that there's uh, a, more of a feeling of all these things sort of being interconnected, even though they're not. Just to go back to your your home base. Um, it would have been nice to see if there was like one of those for each level. Like maybe not like oh this is gated off, but um, you you got to go do this sort of sidebar in order to. Uh, 
to move forward, just so there's a bit more, uh, just a bit more to do, even though there is a lot to do. Um, but it just, it's just inconsistent. Yeah. I, I think that that sort of hits the nail on the head for me too, especially like when you think about that, uh, that part where you have to pay to get through, like a big part of this game is collecting money. So it makes sense that there's somewhere you have to pay. But, but like you guys said, that's the only time that that comes up. So, you know, that's like a one and done thing The the, you know, the, the, the weapon or whatever, the item that blasts through the wall, one and done thing. There's just, as far as I know, there's just the one like secret wall that like you need to go through and, and, and like other things like that. There's, there's, there's like the duck that has like a rope that's <laughs> like flying around with a rope you grab onto it. I mean, it feels like every, every level is like introducing like a concept, but then they just use that concept just enough for you to learn the concept and never use it again. Um, so like, it's, it's cool that they have that stuff, but yeah, I would like to see them develop those things a little more. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's something for DuckTales too. Right. And, and you know, it is a funny idea, Joe, that like you would learn those things in these first levels and then the, you know, whatever the final level that you unlock by beating these five, that would be the one where like, okay, now all the little things that we've taught you throughout these five little levels, right? Now we're going to expand upon them. Kind of like Mega Man, right? Where you beat the, the, uh, what are they, the robot masters. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now you have the Dr. Wily stages and you kind of take all the new power up you have. Now you're the real Mega Man and you've got to go through and apply it all. They didn't do that here with DuckTales. Instead, they actually send you back to Transylvania uh, stage <laughs> <few> two. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, a few times they do it, but I'm talking specifically for after you like beat the five entry levels, they send you back to Transylvania and just say like, no, it's it's literally the exact same level. <laughs> uh, the boss is in the same spot, but now he's a different boss. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I, I thought I was missing something at that point. I thought there was going to be like a hidden door that would take me to the real final level or something. One thing that I did like about like the the level design of this, though, um, and this this may sound odd, but it, it kind of reminded me of the way that a lot of Spyro levels are constructed, um, where you're not just going through a level, collecting stuff, getting to the end, beating a boss. Like your friends are just sort of scattered about, and they'll have like mini tasks for you to do, and again, inconsistently done. But you'll I think it's in the haunted house where, you know, one of the many, many ducks, I don't know, the, the bluey, tooey and, and gooey, um, <laughs> all correct is hidden behind uh, a, a big boy and you have to hurt the big boy and save him. And then he'll tell you a little trick and it's sort of just that, like adding a little bit more spice to the level, um, that I really appreciated. Uh, it felt like you weren't just alone in a level anymore. There's a bit more, going on uh so i just wanted to point that out yeah and as far as whoever that is huey or whatever um telling you about the, the what, what you're talking about the secret wall that you can go through that secret wall thing is something we've complained about in so many other games and look how simple it is to make that like a, a workable yeah <laughs> obstacle because there's actually a character that you find that tells you the secret wall and you know to look for it it's not just something you'd have to know exactly And 
And, you know, we've talked about all these other side characters that are part of the DuckTales franchise of, of things. We never really talked about, like, playing as Scrooge McDuck himself. And, you know, first, before we even talk about how Scrooge controls and, you know, the fun in controlling him, just put on your marketing hats for a minute here. <laughs> do, do we actually think that this was the right choice for a game based on the DuckTales franchise to be centered around playing as Scrooge McDuck and not some fun, like... Huey, Louie, Dewey, like where you, you know, Super Mario Brothers 2 style, like choose your character for each level and like one jumps higher and one's faster. Like, you know, maybe that is like the more straightforward approach. I'm not sure how Capcom or maybe Disney told them, like, how did they decide on Scrooge McDuck? Do you guys agree that Scrooge was a weird choice or was he the only choice? He seems like a weird choice, but like, I don't know what the what the, like, reception around Scrooge McDuck or DuckTales in general, maybe he was, like, if he was, like, if everybody loved Scrooge McDuck who watched DuckTales, I mean, you know, maybe. I just don't know. Yeah, I I guess I don't have enough information on the franchise in general to think that using Scrooge McDuck is weird. Like, yeah, thinking about it, this old man that just carries a cane and only cares about money, I guess, is a weird protagonist, but I, I didn't think anything of it right which is good I, I think that's a good point to make sean is that you in the year 2022 did not find it strange to be scrooge mcduck whereas i guess i was just thinking a little too hard about it because yeah it's not weird and he controls just fine and it makes sense plot wise to to collect all the money in the world and find these five treasures to be richer than your rival duck like that's the plot and it wouldn't work with Huey, Louie and Dewey. You'd have to change it a little bit to be like, you know, Scrooge has been kidnapped and they have to travel through five lands to try to find him or something. So it's fine. But, you know, I guess that was me overthinking a little bit. I'm sorry. I just have to just point out real quick that every time you say their names, I just keep I think you're about to say Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> Huey, Louie, and the news. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what Dewey, Dewey is known is as. not in the game. <laughs> well, he is right, in the he's game. Just he's, in not the a, he's not on that cover, though. That's funny. Uh, where I was going with this, though, Sean, is that I guess it doesn't really matter because they did make Scrooge McDuck an interesting character to control. He's not just uh, a jumping duck. He's uh, he's able to use his pogo stick, uh, his, his cane, <laughs> rather. As a, his, his cane acts as a pogo stick, uh, you know? And I think that's a really funny uh choice it's a little weird to control at first but once you like learn that technique you pretty much just use it exclusively through the rest of the game i don't know about you guys but i found myself bouncing on that stick uh, as as level traversal not just as like oh there's an enemy coming up i better switch to it is just more fun right something you default to but they also did another cute little like one-off thing with the cane that if you push yourself up against an immovable object he then like winds up like a golf club and then can swing the uh, the cane into the object to then launch it, which, uh, you know, is required in certain scenarios, but is also just something you can use with the way that objects are placed in the game to take out enemies without having to jump on top of them. And I, I thought that was like, wow, it's a very specific kind of input thing that you must do in a certain situation that it acts as his only other attack. But then again, like the pogo stick isn't just something that you just press the B button and now you're, you know, you're doing an attack. It's something where you have to be jumping and then switching to the down uh, on your D-pad plus the uh, jump button in order to, you know, trigger the pogo stick. 
controlling maybe not the the smoothest thing in the world, but I think old, overall, like Scrooge McDuck platforms well. Yeah, and I think like it's weird because it's kind of random what games I choose to read the manual beforehand and which ones I do not. But this was one that I chose not to because I figured it'd be straightforward enough, I guess. Um, but I, the, the first thing that I was able to do, like interacting with uh, with the game as Scrooge McDuck, aside from jumping, um, was the like the golf swing. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Like everything you do has to be go- golf swinging, and I guess it's more like a, a puzzle platformer that way. I just ha- I didn't know I didn't know you could do the pogo stick thing. Um, for most of the first level until I was just like, there's gotta be more to this. Like, <laughs> why is there, why is there a, an unopenable, uh, box right here that doesn't seem to be doing anything. And then I was just messing with the controller and then discovered it, which, uh, which I, I recommend just, you know, discovering very basic things on accident uh, that everybody else knows. It, it feels, <laughs> feels much better like an aha moment, but, um, then, yeah, that was just all I really wanted to do. Um, but then the game got way more fun. And I, I realized that, okay, you don't have to unlock a double jump to get over this thing. It's just you've got it already. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it's it's a little sticky. Um, but like you said, Mike, it's uh, you'll, you'll get used to it. And um, it's not too much of a burden. Yeah, I think these these two things, the the golf swing and the uh the pogo stick cane are like the the like bright the bright parts of this game. I I think that they really I like that's my favorite part of this game. It's the, is the is like the just the movement of it all. The fact that like they they did something that's so unique that even even now it's not something that I've really seen before. I mean, I guess maybe I haven't played it, but like Shovel Knight does that does that take oh, cue from this a little bit or something? Yeah, but like, it does. Yep. But otherwise, like I've never really played a game like this. Even just the way you use the pogo stick, you have to you have to hit down and A or B or whatever one's jump at the same time, and then you just hold you just continue to hold uh, B. And you can keep pogoing. And at first, that feels really clunky and complicated. But once you get used to it, it actually feels really good. And it's not just like this button is the pogo bounce button. Like it, there's a little bit of like there's a little bit of like dexterity involved to to get some of these things off on time, especially when you like have like really narrow passages to try and like get through. And there are spikes, spikes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it. it, it it is really fun to play and not like overly easy and it's just unique. It just felt it felt like really interesting different platforming that I'm used to. And then on the flip side of that, your your quote unquote attack with the with the golf swing is like is so much more like cognitive. You have to think like okay, I have to stand here and like it's not it's never a puzzle, but it does feel like a little bit a little bit like you have to th- treat it like a puzzle. I have to get to this thing and the game is always like smart enough to to know if you're going to hit this rock, what enemy you're probably trying to hit it at because they placed the enemy there probably for that purpose. So it's like you don't really have to aim. You just have to see, like, oh, I got this rock, and there's an enemy over there. If I hit it, it'll probably go straight to that enemy. And, like, that feels satisfying, too. It's, like, a, it's a little bit of, um, it's a little bit of, like, the opposite of the pogo stick, which is all about, like, movement and speed, <sighs> and the other one's more about, like, slowing down and thinking about what you're going to do. And I, and I thought that was a really cool balance. And I will say that if... Uh, if there was a standard cane attack, I think it would actually 
harm the game. I, I think that uh, these two uh, odd ways of interacting with the world are um, that's all it needed. It's all it needs, and just hitting A and, and attacking enemies is kind of boring and bland and wouldn't really fit with everything else. I totally agree. Although I do like. I do like the idea of him just like bonking them on the head with his cane. <laughs> like there's a, 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 a cute animation. Sure, the animation. Yes, you are good. right. Yes, you're right. It would be it would be a harm to the game, specifically because this is also not a platformer like Mario where you can just jump on their heads and, and that be the attack. You you have to be the pogo stick version uh, in order to do the damage. Otherwise, you'll take the damage. So Scrooge is no Mario. And after each level, uh, you know, as you're collecting the treasures in each stage, which sometimes are like, you know, sometimes it's money and other times it's like, you know, a doll of yourself or a cake and stuff like that. Like there are other <laughs> items that you can collect. But essentially, once you've collected all these uh, things and you come out of the level with the treasure, the treasure amounts for most of the money. But all the money you collect in the stage does matter because then you go back to the main menu and it shows you your net worth and it shows you the money counter that just continues to, uh, uh, you know, accumulate as you go from level to level. I really love that this just is a ridiculous number and not just like... Um, you know, like, oh, you collected $12 in the other <laughs> stage, right? Like, every you're just picking up dollar bills uh, along the stages. It is fun to watch that, you know, number grow and be extreme and actually apply, like, some weight to this. And believe it or not, the amount of money you collect does matter uh, in terms of the ending that you receive. There are a couple of, like, secret endings, if you will, but we'll we'll hold off on that for a minute. I just wanted to hear what you guys thought on just the idea that the money counted as more than just a high score and was something that they were reminding you about in the, uh, you know, in the main menu hub. Yeah. I mean, like I said before, I do appreciate that. Like at least in some instances, it is more than just a score because otherwise it, it would just be a score. Um, because uh, in, yeah, in any other circumstance, that's just like, Oh, here's your cumulative score again. Um, but it's just that, that context of it being money. Um, that, that gives it a bit more flair. Um, I, I thought it was a neat addition. Yeah, and, and it being money and also tying into the character of Scrooge McDuck makes it just so, like, it's it's a number, even right now I'm watching footage of it, it's, it's a number up there that if I cover up the dollar sign, it looks just like any other number that I would pay no attention to. I would never try and read that number. It would just keep going up and I wouldn't even look at it. But with the dollar sign there, I'm like, oh my God, like, Seven million, seven. I got seven million dollars. <laughs> like that's amazing. Like that's a lot of money. Whereas, like with the points, it just means so. It means nothing to me. So I'm like, well, okay, yeah, I, I got points. Like, what, what do I can I cash those in somewhere? Like, you know, th this feels. It's weird because it's all just, it's all just this like this superficial difference that like I know doesn't actually mean anything. But it, but it did make a difference in my gameplay experience. Yeah, and points being tied to lives is not actually. Like they they did it in a funny way because as you mentioned, Sean, like you can buy 
uh, lives after you're dead. But like in arcade games, you know, usually like once you score like in Pac-Man 10,000 points or, you know, in other in other arcade games, a certain amount of points gives you an additional life. It just gives it to you right then and there. You may not even rather notice than it. Making it. I think yeah, that's the rather big than difference. making it a purchasable thing. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like that's a fun uh, addition that's also something that I feel like more games need to think about, too, is what's the application of the high score? Uh, you know, it now now that we're like beyond the arcade now that we're at home with the consoles what is the point of the high score and ducktales kind of figured that out and i think if more games you don't even have to call it money just keep it as score if they more like if it was if it was more of a proactive thing that you had to spend your score to get an extra life um then i wouldn't have been as bothered by it in every other game that we've played <laughs> <laughs> Not to go on a tangent, but does that mean that, like, in some way, experience points are kind of like a, a high score that you accumulate those experience points to then to then spend on RPG leveling up? I, I think that that's a bit more uh, that there's more to it. Like, it, it's so ingrained into leveling up. Uh, it, it's not as uh, um, it, it's it's so much more utilized that it can't be. A regular score scored is specifically underutilized so i don't think it's the same and we talked a lot about the levels and their branching paths and the the ways that they handle like getting to the boss and stuff like that but we didn't really talk about these you know the the themes both in terms of the you know the aesthetic of the levels but also the enemies that you find in these levels and the boss fights and all that like uh, on just like a we don't have to break down each level specifically. There's the Amazon, Transylvania, um, the Moon. What? What? Does anybody remember the other two? African Mine. Yes, the African Mines and the Himalayas. Yes. So, like, there's there's a ton of variety there. It all um, seems a little weird to me that Ducktales takes place in you know our Earth. <laughs> uh, you know, like we just well, agreed that, that they live with great. us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, you know what I'm saying? No, it's like, yeah, I guess you're right. So they just happen to have things that are called exactly the same, but they don't necessarily live on our Earth. Uh, but, you know, there's um, there's different enemies for each level. Uh, there's different, um, you know, like navigational things. Like I think we were talking about the secret paths and stuff like that, but also just like in Transylvania, you can transport through the, the, the coffins and you can... Uh, you know, in the moon level, like you go into a spaceship. Like, I think that there's some neat ideas here to just get around the feeling that you're just, you know, uh, hopping around to get to the end of the stage. Instead, you actually feel like you're exploring these environments. Yeah. And they all, they, like you said, they all have different structural uh, themes where uh, when you're on the spaceship, it, it's a bit more structured and symmetrical. When you're, uh, uh, when you're going through, um, the forest, it's a bit more linear. When you're going uh, through Transylvania, it, it actually feels disorienting. And it's not just and, – and even like not so much of um, how the how the map is laid out, but in, in just how the levels feel. Um, the Himalayas, like, you know, you can't pogo stick in the snow. Like stuff like that, it's, it's really refreshing. Yeah, the pogo stick in the snow thing really, really felt like – a way to kind of like up the challenge without making it like 
a much more difficult level because you can go in any order. But it's like now you have to think about doing this without your main the thing you've probably been doing the whole time is pogo sticking because you'll get stuck in the snow. And like it contextually makes sense too. So like there was there was a lot of thought put into that, I imagine. The treasures that you collect in each of these uh worlds though, it's funny how like you know, for Transylvania, it's the coin of the lost realm, something, uh, you know, very mysterious. Uh, in the African mind, it's the giant diamond of the inner earth. And then for the Himalayas, it's the crown of Genghis Khan. So again, like, just like a, like a real person who did exist, and now you have his, uh, his crown. Uh, I just thought that was like, you know, they couldn't think of anything like mythical for the Himalayas. Like, did he wear a crown? I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> But maybe that's how he uh, accumulated all that land. It was the crown, actually. Yes. Mm. Uh, another thing about these, you know, the the thematic part of these levels that I uh, was a little confused by is, bran- you know, going back to the branching paths, the African Mines is the sole one that tells you that you have to go and get the skeleton key from Transylvania at the start of the level if you didn't, you know, if you didn't go there. But, like... It just sends you right to Transylvania anyway, and pretty much conveniently where the skeleton key is. So I never like tried to find it in the original Transylvania level. Is that even something that can be done? Or no matter which way you play this game, do you always have to like click on the African mine level to then go warp to be warped to the specific part of Transylvania that then just takes you to the skeleton key? Just felt like a really roundabout way of of exploring that particular level rather than um you know, just just having them be like the rest. You know, I have no idea. But maybe, like, again, we were talking about the whole kid-friendly thing. Maybe in one version of this, like, it was something that you had to search for a secret entrance for and didn't immediately transport it to. Um, but in this one, like, it, it proved too hard. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But that's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I was... I hadn't thought about it. I did think it was weird that it sent me straight back to Transylvania, especially because the way I played it, I had just come from Transylvania, and then I was like, oh, I gotta do this level again. Now that you mention it, I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if it is like you can't actually find the key until you until you get told you need to find the key, just because it feels like such a specific, such a specific thing that like this level sends you back to that level. I don't know. I don't know why I really think that. I just I just feel like it could be that they like oh they really wanted to just do that at one point, so they just put it in where it's like mandatory. But who knows? end of each level there are these boss fights where um you know they're not particularly challenging but they are unique each one is a little different even though your objective of just uh you know pouncing on their head with your cane like pogo stick that's that remains constant but the way they attack and the space that you're in uh does change what did you guys think of these boss fights i feel like they're just the right balance for this kind of game you're really just focused on collecting money and uh and finding them in the first place so it's nice that they're not um you know super challenging or the you know the extreme difficulty curve in the game but it's also nice that they're thematically they work within each level too and it's not just like you know the the rival duck that you just face over <laughs> and over again they're chill 
<laughs> I, I'd, I'd like equate them to like the level of difficulty of like the Super Mario Brothers three bosses, where it's like they never get too crazy off the rails. They just do a couple of different things. You jump on their head three times, particularly talking about like the like mid world dungeon bosses in Super Mario Brothers three. But uh, yeah, like they gave me that vibe. Granted, they're not quite as like clean of like attack patterns as as the Mario uh, bosses are. But but yeah, it felt like they never got too complicated, but it was just like a decent elevated obstacle at the end of the level. Yeah, I'm not sure what more you can say than that. And it never it never uh, goes quite beyond that because like we were talking about earlier, after you collect the five treasures, you don't get this like next phase of the game. You just go back to Transylvania and... Um, take on like a, a dracula duck i suppose <laughs> uh i don't is, does he have like a cute name as well it's, it's probably like quackula <laughs> quackula i think you're right actually believe it or not that quackula sounds perfect so you're a writer for ducktales clearly <laughs> um you know and, and then that's like to me that's a little downer i don't want to you know i don't want to poo poo on it because it's still the same awesome gameplay that we've been experiencing for the other five levels it just felt like that was the time for it to evolve and, you know, especially for me, like, I didn't really care for the Transylvania level. I didn't think it was, like, all that great to begin with. Why am I going back three times? Uh, so, you know, to, to finish on that note and to have the boss fight just kind of be, uh, you know, they did elevate it a little bit, literally elevate it by making it so this way you cannot just, um, you know, pogo stick onto his head because he's on the ground he's always above you with his wings so you have to kind of launch off of an item that he throws in order to uh, ascend to his level i did appreciate that but ultimately like i don't know it just felt like another level uh you know like a level six rather than the final level yeah i i agree yeah it definitely felt like like oh we just have we could just reuse the assets and we don't have to design a, a a final boss or a final level i mean they did they did do the final boss but um i don't know if they ran out of time uh if if uh if there just wasn't like okay we've just used up all of our money <laughs> um but i feel like they could have done more but you're right it, it's it's weird I'll be honest. When I was when I was playing through these five levels, I wasn't I wasn't convinced that these would be the last five levels. I thought like, oh, I'm gonna finish these five levels, and that's gonna unlock the next five levels or something like that. Like I, I just thought that overall, I could have used a few more levels, a, a little more to that game. I mean, not that shorter means worse or anything. It's just that for this, I just felt like I was just getting started. I was just getting in the swing of it, and then it was like, okay, that you're on the last level which is a level you've already done twice before yeah totally and you know sean a cursory look tells me that he's not named quackula so Aww. that sucks <laughs> what, what yeah. is it um i think it's just uh count uh dracula Duckula. it's a dracula duck uh, which is like so generic uh, They're just, yeah. it's just dracula duck character <laughs> count duckula would have been fine too right yeah, yeah. it's not yeah. as you know it's not good as quackula that's right so you should patent that if it hasn't been done already.
ending thing here. Uh, I don't know. I just found out a lot of information on this ending, and if you're just like me and you, you know, you beat the game because it's a fairly easy game to beat, so I'm not taking any like a major pride in that. But if you beat the game, you see the ending, and it's Scrooge with his um, little treasure chest, and he's excited, and it tells you how much money you've collected, and that's great and all. Um, and that's the ending that most of us will experience. I don't know. Did you guys see a different ending before I go over them? I mean, I saw them. I saw them in videos, but I did not see the other ones. Now, got it. Uh, I yeah, didn't even see them in videos. It's fine. It's fine because uh, there is a secret good ending. Uh, I suppose that, like you know, a gooder ending, <laughs> where if you collect more than ten million dollars. Instead of just seeing a treasure chest that you, like, look at, instead there is, like, a mound of gold that you are on top of with some, you know, bags of cash littered around it. And then Scrooge McDuck now has uh, a crown on his head rather than a top hat. So presumably he has become, like, king. Or or (laughs) Genghis Khan. Yes. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's become the next Genghis Khan and fear his rule. Uh, Now... Now, the super secret bad ending uh, is something that I wasn't even uh, sure you could do. But apparently they they not only like considered it, but they made it, uh, you know, like a whole thing that could happen. And what would be the implications if this happened is that they created a way where you could beat the game, but have zero dollars to your name. And they created an <laughs> ending for that. So I think that's really funny that like you get to the end. And instead of there's just no money whatsoever, it's just like a really sad looking Scrooge McDuck (laughs) who doesn't care at all that he beat his rival or whatever because he actually doesn't have any money uh, to his name. He uh, headline reads, Scrooge loses fortune but finds treasures, uh, which implies that he would still have some kind of fortune. Uh, Scrooge McDuck has lost his fortune in his search for the legendary five treasures. He will use them to rebuild his empire. Congratulations. <laughs> Total money, zero dollars. <laughs> and I think, yeah, I think that's cool. I, I, it's obviously a, an Easter egg slash like dog ending, but uh, I was actually watching like, you know, in just to see what the, uh, not to see the consensus, because I know that everybody kind of loves this game, but just to see what other people have to say about it. I was watching a video of, of a guy that, was really annoyed by the fact that this was so out of the way and almost impossible. Like, well, if, if you're a completionist, you, you won't be able to see this unless you do this really boring and long, uh, tedious process. I'm like, dude, it's a, it's an Easter egg. <laughs> and the fact that it's there is more just like, oh, cool. They actually thought of, yeah, the implications of this um, and not so much like hit it as an achievement for the people that are OCD about achievements. <laughs> so I, I thought it was cool. Yeah, it almost feels like something nobody would have known about for a long time if if they didn't reveal it themselves somewhere, you know? Like, how would you even... The objective of the game is to collect some form of money, <laughs> and money is given out so much in this game, you know, like millions of dollars. <laughs> how are you going to get to zero? Um, it actually provides, like, I don't know, a unique replayability for someone who might find out about this having not played it in the last, like, you know, 20 years, being like, oh, I want to go back and... Now I have, like, an added challenge. It almost feels like the Kirby games, which are super easy no matter which console they've ever been on. They've never made a hard Kirby game. But once you beat the game, all fans of Kirby know that's when the game starts. Now there's, like, a new challenge mode where, like, you can find out the ending where Kirby fights God. Uh, it always happens. I, I'm not joking. Is this really? Okay, I did not know that. 
Yeah, Kirby always fights like some kind of like, um, you know, eldritch horror <laughs> style thing. Like, uh, yeah, just crazy. But it's a final boss that's like secretly locked behind like 100% completion. Wow. Anyway, a little more on the ending here. It's not over yet. Besides all those alternate endings, uh, I think it was, this was one year ago, Destructoid did an article where they were talking with... Um, Darlene Lacey, who was in charge of overseeing all the Disney games that were being made, not just on the NES, but any kind of Disney video game properties uh, in the late 80s. And uh, Darlene recalls that they had to make a change to the game's ending because Disney did not like it, where originally there was going to be an option for Scrooge to give up his fortune and inform his nephews there really is more important treasure than this. And that is dreams and friends. <laughs> and, you know, they were they were tempted to keep it in, but that is just so, you know, so against everything Scrooge McDuck or Uncle Scrooge, uh, Uncle McDuck or whatever you call him. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Scrooge is like a real person in the Christmas Carol. That's I don't feel true, right yeah. calling him that. Well, you know, so. But yeah, it is. It's just out of character. And what, what, say whatever you want. And, and like, oh, it, that's. That, that of course Disney, the conglomerate, would say this is a bad thing, but like no, it's just it's Scrooge McDuck. He would never do that. <laughs> That's his one personality trait. But he still does say something somewhat nice. He he says, "I couldn't have done it without you. I really am the richest duck in the world." He should have maybe said, "We are the richest duck." <laughs> no, no, in the no. World. I think that's like you know, I you uh, I have I have profited off of your labor. Um, and I, but you're not going to get any. Oh, it's some like late stage <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> well, I, I got that. I mean, I think what they were, yeah, they're obviously trying to do the like, I am the richest duck in the world because I have you guys. But what I gathered from that, because I'm just watching this, this ending now on YouTube and, you know, they say like, hooray, Uncle Scrooge, we're great. Glad you found it. Like, but don't forget, we helped too. Like almost <laughs> like they're expecting like a cut. And then he's just like, you're right. Thanks. You guys are great. <laughs> thanks. And then doesn't give him anything. Yeah. It's very and it brags scrooge. about how rich he is. Honestly, how is this guy a uh, a hero? I don't know. <laughs> this was just that time before you know the uh, before social media where we <laughs> idolized these guys. <laughs> it's really a character. I idolized study. Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. <laughs> On the sequels and spinoff side, uh, if you ever want to check out uh, Ducktales in portable form. There is the Game Boy version of DuckTales, and it is a straight port. Uh, they changed a little bit, I guess, like how the levels, like how the size of them, because you scroll, like everything's bigger on the Game Boy, so you just see less information. So other than that, like it is basically the same exact game. So it's pretty cool that it's a very faithful port uh, on the go if you're a big fan of the console version. And now you're going to your aunts. It's like, hey, you got something for the car ride. <laughs> but that's not the only thing for DuckTales. We will play, I think, as Joe... I think you knew this, but you did mention it. maybe it's something they could fix in the sequel. We'll find out if they fix anything in DuckTales 2, which is on the NES, and a very expensive game, I might add. Uh-oh. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to afford it, but we'll give it our best go to, because, uh, you know, we all legally buy these games before we play them. I don't know why you would, but it goes without saying. Yeah, is there other ways to get these games? Not that I know of. 
And if you wanted to legally buy other DuckTales games, you could do that uh, on PSN, Xbox Live Arcade, on your Wii U, which I believe they just uh, shut that whole system down, so you can't do it there anymore. (laughs) But it's still available on Steam, because in summer of 2013, DuckTales Remastered came out. And uh, the remake includes modified versions of the original levels, plus some additional levels, completely animated cutscenes with voice acting of the surviving original cast. And by that, I guess they just mean whoever is still alive, you know, they got to sign on to do the roles. Anybody who, you know, they didn't recast or anything like that, I imagine, unless they had to. Like, they're not saying that canon uh, Scrooge McDuck is actually dead. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, But, you know, one thing I found interesting is they took the time in... um, in the cutscenes, now that they've you know now that they have voice acting and everything, to explain a lot of like the plot and stuff that necessarily didn't need any explaining for a series based around ducks, <laughs> but they felt the need to explain how Scrooge McDuck is able to be on the moon without a helmet, and that is because uh, the Gizmo Duck or whatever his name is, the one with the, who invents all the gadgets, he has invented a chewing gum that you just take five chews of and then you can be on the moon for an hour i would have thought that since it's implied that the moon is made out of cheese that it was actually just like you know from the uh gases that emanate from cheese and atmosphere has formed um and but 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 maybe that's that's too deep lore i don't know one other th- really cool thing about DuckTales Remastered is the look of the game, in my opinion, because they did do this 2.5D style uh, level graphics for the backgrounds and uh, the platforms, but the the ducks and the enemies are all still in that like classic cartoon style look. They almost look like not quite like Paper Mario like characters, and definitely not like their eight bit pixel art. Uh, that we expect from the DuckTales on the NES, but it's like a nice bridge. So this way it's not super jarring to see like a 3D version of Scrooge McDuck. Uh, You know, it feels a little classic in that regard. So I appreciated that. The original 8-bit version of DuckTales can still be played today. If you don't have an NES anymore, you can still play it because it was included on the Disney Afternoon Collection. And maybe they call it the Afternoon Collection because it takes just an entire afternoon to beat the game. (laughs) Uh, But you can play that on PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Uh, So, you know, it's pretty pretty accessible, this game, in 2022. Lots of options. And and Mike, I just think I think it's called the Disney Afternoon Collection because uh, they're all based on Disney Afternoon uh, cartoons, like that that block, that TV block. You know, you between this and Quackula, you're making just <laughs> enough sense. But I still can't say you know that everybody else agrees because they didn't name him Quackula. That's true. If he were named Quackula, I would agree with you on the the afternoon thing. But okay, yeah. We'll have to see if everybody agrees on just one more thing, and it's probably the most important thing we do on Nostalgia. We're going to see if everyone can agree on whether DuckTales belongs on the Essential Games list. Sean, your vote for DuckTales on the Essential Games list. Okay, uh, but before I go into into this fully, I just need to... like We, we, do, we did like allude to it in the beginning, but we didn't really... Uh, spend much time on it like the music in this game is 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 incredible like they're actual songs it's not just the moon level that has a has a banger it's kind of 
all of them, uh, aside from a couple, like, you know, a couple things that just sound annoying. But those aren't level songs. Those are just, like, weird tracks. But just wanted to state that, because it does also inform my opinion on the Essential Games list. Um, it's a lot. There's some stuff that, you know, we, we said that there were kind of missed opportunities, but it's only, like, good games that are that that can have this kind these kinds of missed opportunities a lot of the times we're talking about a game that is so bad that like you know they, they had so many opportunities to to make it good whereas this is a great game that had opportunities to become amazing um i think yes it's a lot easier than one would expect but um i think that just the whole experience of this game between the way he controls the level uh, the level design the uh the, the goofy animations uh, uh that everything about it is just fun and maybe it's not always challenging but it is always fun and and for all these reasons and and probably more I'm going to put this on the essential games list for my I'm sorry I'm going to vote for it to be on the essential <laughs> games list you're getting a little ahead of yourself. Yeah, right that's me. <laughs> Joe, your vote. Um, so, like I said, I mean, I really, really appreciate a game that does something different. And, and, and this control scheme and, and the way the platforming feels is not only, like, good, but it's unique. It's different than other games that I've played. And, and like, even the way you attack is different in, in a good way. Um, and like the the non-linear levels are fun and interesting to explore. And like the just the fact that it encouraged me to try and get a better score says something about it. <laughs> uh, and I'll say like absolutely I, I struggled with with this vote. so I'm gonna say this. like definitely no question that this is an essential NES game. But is it an essential game today? Does it hold up against modern games, even like games that, maybe were inspired by DuckTales that, that might have improved it. I, I was on the fence because, you know, I've got my golden plates and I was like, I could put it there. And then I was also like, I could I could make my, you know, coin my new my new category, which is essential game, but on probation. And I sort <laughs> of wanted to do that and think about like in the best of uh, 89, maybe I'll take it off or maybe I'll revisit it. But I think when it comes down to it, I feel like a lot of these themes just could have been taken a little further. I just wanted a little more out of this game. And, and like, it's kind of like what I said, and help me out here. What was the last game, Sean? You voted for it to be essential, and Mike and I didn't. What game was that? Yeah. A couple weeks ago. <laughs> I, I have a very short memory, Joe. Me too. What the heck was it? I said the same thing about that. That, like, I don't have anything, I don't have anything particularly bad to say about DuckTales. I think it's fantastic. I just don't think it's quite on the level where I'm going to decide like this is up there with the other games on the essential games list that like you ha you must play it. I think if you want to play an NES game, definitely play it. And if you can get your hands on it, it's a we haven't really used this term in a while, but it's a play it for sure. A golden play it. But I don't know if I I don't know if I get behind it being up there with all these other games we have on the essential games list. And I and I know that that might uh, rub some people the wrong way because as while looking into this game, I realized that it has a very big following and people really really love it. Um, like I said, I, I appreciate everything it, it it's doing. I just don't think it I don't think it quite reaches that level, and I'm hoping Ducktales two gets us there. 
Sean put uh, tried to put the black bass on that, the essential yeah, yeah, no, that, was, that was the one of course of that, course. Yeah, that was the one that joe was like yeah. no of course not it was it was air fortress yes. air fortress air yes, fortress i just thought that would be funny people go back to the black because <laughs> you know they probably they probably jumped out of that episode they were yeah. like oh yeah yeah we know this isn't essential but now they're like wait sean said what <laughs> it's actually good um anyway no to um to round this out you know joe that is an interesting thought uh, a little strategy, if you will, you have there with the best of 89. And where I sit right now on DuckTales is there is a case to be made for DuckTales Remastered, a game that we did not review on this uh, on this podcast, and I didn't play it, uh, so I don't even know if it's like actually like true and faithful and better. There could be a case that like, oh, well, it's been remastered and it's really fun there and it's expanded upon and has animated cutscenes and it includes the voice cast. So it's all the things that people probably wanted out of the NES DuckTales now better because they didn't change the levels or anything. They they just took them and expanded them and added new ones, in fact. But like, you know, there's also something to say about like, you know, just because you make a game longer doesn't mean it's better. I mean, I'm starting to figure that out a lot about just video games in general is that uh, these these newer titles can't really hold my interest as well as these NES games, not because I'm like being indoctrinated by playing this podcast. It's that I'm realizing some of these games are really tight, fun experiences in a short burst that doesn't require, you know, hours upon hours of your time doing the same systems and and just, you know, slowly feeding you a drip feed of content as you go along the way. Who knows? Maybe that's what DuckTales Remastered is. So I can't say that DuckTales Remastered is going to inform my opinion here on whether DuckTales goes on the Essential Games list or not. What is going to inform my opinion here, though, is that Joe is on the fence about whether DuckTales should be (laughs) on the Essential Games list. And where I feel like this is better solved is rather than me putting it on the Essential Games list right now and making it harder to remove, I'd rather see us go through oh, the rest of 89. You guys doing this meta play, game and oh, shit. This is play really- all these other games and then and then decide whether we can get to a unanimous vote on a game like DuckTales. Because I could see the argument for both. I think when Sean was talking, he had me uh, you know, thinking like, yeah, it is an essential game. And when Joe was talking, he reminded me, oh, well, you know, yeah, it is kind of a short experience. It doesn't offer uh, much variety other than... Um, you know, the thematic changes of each level. Like, it's not it's not expansive compared to the other games on the Essential Games list. However, a tight experience is a tight experience, and it's probably worth experiencing today. So definitely, you know, both of you agree that this is a great NES game. It's just the problem of, is it an Essential game? And so I'd like to, uh, you know, just uh, pause on that for uh, for a second, and instead I'm going to vote no so that we can revisit this topic uh, probably who knows what a whole year from now. When is the best of eighty nine? It's so I long from now. The, the game is evolving. The game of this podcast is is evolving now, I, I, and I like it. I, I, but I didn't yeah. do that for Air Fortress <laughs> for more specific reasons. You know, I feel like it because I went last there too, and I just felt like no, that's not an essential game. With Ducktales, I don't know. I'm still kind of on the fence. But I'd rather us be unanimous uh, on a game like Ducktales than unanimous on a know. game like I, Air I Fortress. I feel like you know, at, at this point, we have to take a bunch of games off the essential games list. Like if we're if we're going, if this is the way Why? we're going about it, just because you know, now I'm thinking like you're right. There's a lot of games that. Uh, that 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 I don't think fit um, that rubric that that you're judging this one on. Uh, I, I, well, all right. Here's here's I, I, something I wanted to say in response to what you said, Mike. Which is that I want to be clear. 
I I am never of the of the opinion that longer equals better. And that's not what I meant as far as like there's not enough to this game that like there's that there's literally like it's too short. Which like I think that it could help to make this longer, but I just think that you need to make I think that the game could be a little deeper, if that makes sense. Like there's all these like little things that are introduced, but I, I want to really get into these these themes and like use these new gameplay elements. And again, like I never played Shovel Knight, but from what I understand from that game is it takes all these little these little things that it introduces to you and it and it builds them into like things you have to think about differently and approach different ways. And DuckTales did that a little bit, but I wanted it to kind of I wanted it to to do a little more. Oh yeah, no, I completely understand that, Joe. I, I was just saying that like just because a game gets remastered doesn't mean that the remastered is default the better. Right, 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 right. But I also don't think that uh I I, I can't use um a game that I haven't played. Like I will, I will say that if, if a game falls into the same category um, of, of a game that we're reviewing and I've played it and I think it's close enough that it's like, well, just play that instead. But you're, you're using a game you haven't played. I don't, I don't know. Well, well, shovel Knight is not shovel Knight is not what is making me keep it off. I'm just using that as, as an example, because it looks like it's similar but I, all right, taking taking other game like any other game that 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 has like a quote unquote gimmick to it, like this gimmick being the like the pogo sticking thing or the the different things it's adding. It's just like we we talked about. It's adding things and it's not. They're not they're not coming back ever. They, they happen one time and they don't go they don't go deeper. And and I don't think I've done a great job of explaining what I mean by by deeper. But uh, particularly with platforms, I, I'm personally looking for like evolution of the gameplay and shovel knight was a stupid example because obviously i haven't played it but take like super mario brothers or, or crash bandicoot which both introduce really good gameplay and and ducktales does that too but in super mario brothers that evolves more throughout the experience and gets more challenging and intricate which is what keeps me wanting to move forward so like you know, even if you look at something like um, like Mega Man, which doesn't necessarily evolve in challenge since you can play in any order, it like it makes up for it because you evolve throughout and the levels introduce like new ways for you to approach them and new gameplay. But with this game, it just it never felt like it got deeper in that sense or like too much deeper in that sense where like each level, while it feels like aesthetically different. And, and maybe introduces like one instance of something unique. It, it just didn't seem to capitalize it enough. And it, it left me wanting more out of it, you know? And like, I, I guess the best example of it is like, by, by the time I got to the final level of DuckTales and it was the same level I had already played. And now I'm on the third time I'm playing this level without really any changes or upgrades or anything new to experience. I, I was sort of feeling like I was kind of getting over it at that point. And like, I'm not looking right now looking like I'm so excited to jump back in and actually beat this game because I kind of feel like I got the whole picture already. And like, I know that all sounds really negative, but but I really think, you know, because I really do think this was a great game. I just I've come to want a little more out of something that I would vote essential. Yeah, I think. You know, what you're describing, some people might say it's just a short and sweet game, you know, like they it doesn't have many flaws. So they just, you know, made it what it was and then uh, they didn't expand on that. I think a lot of the games you were referencing, though, like calling out Mega Man 2, we've been doing that a bunch in the episode. I think that is a fair comparison. I don't 
I, I, you saying Mega Man doesn't necessarily like get more challenging because you can go in any order. I think, like we said in the episode, that's something that's very interesting that you can choose any path and it matters. In this game, you can choose any path and it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, totally. And particularly for a for you know for a platformer, that's like maybe it's just me, but that's what I'm looking for out of a platform. It's like some sort of evolution, even if you are choosing your own your own path, like. Like Mega Man solved that problem. And this I felt like, and I'm saying problems, I'm really just trying to explain why I don't think it's up to essential. I still do think it's a really good game. Just, uh, you know, I'll be honest, after I played it, I, I read a bunch of like what people say about it in reviews and stuff. And like, oh, my experience wasn't, it wasn't as good as everyone else's seemed to be. So like, maybe there's a disconnect there. But yeah, that, that that's kind of my overall feeling on it. Very intense. And the Essential Games list remains to be very intense, hotly debated, and uh, some people will tell you that it's already invalid because we don't have certain games on it. So why not just add DuckTales to the list of invalidity (laughs) that is the Essential Games list? Well, uh, You know, there's always a chance for every NES game to be on the Essential Games list. I don't want people to feel like, you know, we were joking about the Black Bass, but there was a chance before that episode, right? We don't come in with judgment. I don't come in with any judgment. So if I told you guys that they were going to make a whole video game based around Fester, Uncle Fester from the Adams Family and call it Fester's Quest and we'd be playing it next week. You guys wouldn't just say like, oh, Mike, that's based on a side character from a a TV show that I didn't uh, have any affiliation with. That's not going on the Essential Games list. You'd give that the honest, fair shame. Well, now, now I'm not. (laughs) What's wrong with Uncle Fester? Why can't he have his own game? And he does, by the way. It's called Fester's Quest. I think that is what we'll be playing next week. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, you know, for those of you who are looking for more nostalgia content, keep in mind that we have a Patreon now for a little show called Nostalgia Bites, little bite-sized episodes where we play through the Famicom library. So maybe it should be called like Famstalgia Bites uh, instead because it's Famicom instead of Ness. But whatever, you get the idea. We've done uh, three episodes already, but technically four games. Try to figure that one out. Uh, hint, we recorded uh, two games in one episode. The next game that we're doing, Antarctic Adventure, it's like, you know, a penguin version of Slalom with some racing aspects. What's not to like? What's not to try? What's not to give us some money to hear? <laughs> <laughs> 